Alright, happy Monday morning through Sunday evening, depending on where and when you are listening. I am your host, Ben Garvis, former congressional candidate and community organizer for social rights, and this is the Ban on Politics podcast. Today our topic is marriage equality and LGBTQ rights. And I want to start with a very broad sweep, saying it's interesting that we fight for women's rights separately from racial rights, and racial rights separate from sexual and social rights. And I don't know if it necessarily has to happen that way. But for LGBTQ individuals, this fight should technically be over. But much like abortion, opponents are finding legally hazy or gray workarounds to limit rights at the state or county level. And kind of like the abolishment of slavery in the times of the Civil War, we still needed the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s and still, to this day, have social and racial unrest. I hope we don't mirror that for LGBTQ rights. The Supreme Court decision of Urbergefell v. Hodges legalized gay marriage with a 5-4 decision in 2015. Justice Kennedy wrote that gay and lesbian couples only ask for equal dignity in the eyes of the law, which is truly the concept of the 14th Amendment, which guarantees equal protection to all citizens under the law. It says, No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. That is one of my favorite and and many people's favorite excerpts from the 14th Amendment. And I know, I know. You have to be a special kind of geek to have a a favorite excerpt from an amendment. But it's a great one, and everyone knows that life, liberty, or property line, though they may know it as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Supreme Court made a decision that said marriage is a right, and it is a right that is inalienable, one that we all share and that everyone has to get married, whether you're gay, straight, or otherwise. And this is where I get a little bit statistic heavy, so I beg you, please bear with me. These are very interesting statistics. Now, at the time of the decision, only 57% of Americans were for equal marriage rights. Now, 73% of millennials, 65% of Democrats, 85% of those without religious affiliation, 59% of Gen X, 62% of white Protestants and 56% of Catholics support gay marriage. It had been legalized in 36 states and Washington, D.C. prior to the decision. And when the court made its decision, that changed the remaining 14 states. Now, at the time, 13 had laws or amendments denying the freedom, and those were overruled. 13 U.S. counties to this day, still refuse to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Twelve are in Alabama and one in Texas. Which means that the fight's not over. Now, at the time of the decision, 72% of Americans said they expected it to eventually be legalized anyway. Republicans and Democrats were actually even on that. In that poll, they both rated in at 72%, and independents were slightly higher at 74%. 
the legalization universally for the whole country is not something new. It's actually existed in more than 20 countries. The Netherlands was the first, and they passed that law in 2001. If you're curious about what the first state in the United States was to pass and legalize gay marriage, it was Massachusetts in 2004. In 15 years, we saw an increase in public acceptance by about 20%, which makes me hopeful. The actual opposition in 2016 stands at 37%, a number that is shrinking and a number that should shrink. Now, opponents of gay marriage talk a lot about family values. So let's talk about gay couples, gay families, and the lives of gay children. And let's talk about divorce, starting with families. So uh, it's estimated there are about 600,000 gay couples in the United States. Now, in the U.S., it's estimated we have about 9 million LGBTQ individuals. About 100,000 of those households have kids. And I know you assume a lot of those are adopted, but actually 72% of those children are living with at least one biological parent. Another interesting statistic that I came across when researching for this was that 6 to 14 million children in the United States have at least one gay parent, meaning there are a lot of individuals living closeted lives or separated from their spouses uh, with children. Which kind of brings us to divorce. Now, this is where an argument that same-sex couples may be waging a war on family values goes right out the window. Because it's a relatively well-known fact that more than half of all heterosexual marriages in the United States end in divorce. That means that 2% of all marriages in the United States get divorced every year. Now, that rate is so much lower for same-sex couples. It's actually only 1% annually, which is only 25% of same-sex couples ever getting a divorce. If opponents believe family values are so important, they're actually better off in a same-sex marriage, where their likelihood of divorce is halved. Now, as a community organizer, it's always broken my heart to see kids and teenagers suffer. Because of that, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about LGBTQ youth, 42% of which say they live in a community that isn't accepting of their identity. LGBTQ youth are twice as likely to be physically assaulted in school. 92% say that they hear or see negative messages in school, on the internet, or from their peers. There is some light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm getting mixed messages. Because 9 in 10 have come out to their closest friends, but only 64% have come out to their classmates. 75% say their their peers don't have a problem with their identity, but that the remaining 25% are causing all those other problems. At the end of the day, 77% of LGBTQ youth say they know that things will get better. And that's where the solace is. I'm going to wrap things up. I want us to feel compassion for those who struggle with their identities or those who see a world in which they're not safe or not comfortable to come out as their true selves. Anything from school bullying to the bathroom laws like the one in North Carolina or the one Republicans are trying to pass right now in Texas. The world has changed drastically in the last 20 years and I'm hopeful for the next 20, but it should be sooner It should be now. 
It should have been 20 years ago. I want to hear what you have to say about this. Reach out to me on my website, bengarvis.com, where you can also check out my recent blog posts on reproductive rights. My name is Ben Garvis, and this has been another episode of the Ben on Politics podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.